Welcome, family of faith. Amen. It is awesome to be in the house of the Lord, to be around the people of God. Look at your neighbor and say, you are awesome in Jesus' name. It is good to be here. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Isn't it nice to just get away from all the stuff going on around you, your home, chores, things, duties, and just to come and sit in the house of the Lord to be in the presence of God? Isn't that amazing how awesome it is to be here with you today? I'm expecting a move of the Lord today. Are you expecting something from God? Listen, you know, if we expect God, if we, if we get our faith aroused in the Lord, if we say, God, I just expect you to rain down. You know, God will rain on your life, rain on your situation, rain through the through the trouble and the trials we have. We have a good God. Do I get an amen out there? We've got a good God. We are in a beautiful series, and I think we've maybe got maybe two more messages in the series. It's like that, amen, and we're going through uh, many factions and, and, and thoughts concerning the kingdom of God. And so I'm encouraging you today to hear this. I, I want you to know the kingdom. More importantly than anything else, I believe you need to know the kingdom of God, and that's what we're doing here today. So I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to get into a, a, a message. So ladies, I'm I've got a title for the message. I'm kind of fluid with it this past week. You know, sometimes when I'm going through my message, I, I, you know, I say, Lord, what do you want me to, you know, what, what's the thought? What's the central theme of the message? How do you want me to title it? And, and, and I heard the Spirit say to me, spring cleaning. So ladies, I know you didn't want to hear that word. And that's something, you know, we're talking about cleaning. You came to church, wanted to chill and Pastor talking about cleaning things up and you already think about working, but I want you to hear this thought, spring cleaning. And how many know that, that that's essential? How many, how, many, how many clean out the house during the spring? That's kind of, you get into some drawers and closets and stuff and things and start cleaning things up and you, 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 you mopping and doing all the things ladies do. How, how many know that your spiritual life often needs a spring cleaning? Your spiritual life needs spring cleaning. And we're going to talk about that today out of the book of St. Matthew. So if you're in St. Matthew, this is the first book of the New Testament. Go with me to chapter 13. And, and I want to read a, 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 some, some scriptures here that I believe are going to be beneficial to you. This is St. Matthew 13. St. Matthew 13. Go down to verse 31. Now, some of y'all were with me last week when, when we were talking about the kingdom of heaven. is like a mustard seed, right? A mustard seed. And we got into some conversations with that. And so I'm going to rehearse that in your mind. But then I'm going to draw you into verse 33. So this is St. Matthew 13, verses 31 through 33. And it begins like this. Now watch this. We talked about this last week. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed. Right? It's like unto a grain of mustard seed. Y'all catch that? You don't need a lot of faith to do a lot for God. You just need to have faith as the grain of a mustard seed. Now watch what it says. The kingdom of heaven is likened to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds. But when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs and becometh a tree so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. And we talked about that last week. Now watch this. Verse 33, another parable spake he unto them, now watch, the kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leavened. I want to repeat that one more time. The kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leavened. Are y'all ready? We're going to get into some good stuff. Y'all ready? Come on. Well, y'all help me pray. I know a lot's been going on, and it's just so good to just settle into the house of the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for uh, these moments, these minutes, that in, that in the busyness of life and in the busyness of the week, that we could come in these few minutes to hear your voice. Holy Spirit, we depend upon you to impart these words such that our hearts will be filled with the kingdom of heaven. Help us today, Holy Spirit. Move in us. Stir our minds, our hearts back to God. 
bring to us a, a fresh infilling, a, a revival in the hearts of the people of God. We pray your strength. We pray your purpose today as we move forward in today's message. Impart these words in the places that the, that the, the seed that goes forward will yield back, not 30, not 60, but 100 times that which was sown. We pray that in Jesus' name, amen. And amen and amen. Listen, before you see it, it's just so good to look around. Look at your brothers and sisters today. Go find somebody that has the biggest smile. Find the biggest smile. And I want you to give them a hug and say, it's like that. Go give somebody. Go find somebody. You got a big smile, you're going to get a hug today. Glory to God. God is awesome. Find somebody with a big smile and just give them a big hug. Jesus' name. Such a blessing to look around, to see all the family of faith and the people of God. Every Sunday, Sunday, we're filling this place up. Amen. God is moving here. God is moving here. It's good to see all my friends and people of faith. So amazing. So amazing. So amazing. So amazing. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's better than Papa Do's. It's better than Longhorn Steakhouse. God is awesome. Making people hungry, right? I'm thinking about lunch. I haven't finished preaching yet. I'm so glad that my God is a God of fellowship. That the whole of Christianity isn't men trying to find God, but God finding you. How many are glad that God found you? We often say, I once was lost, but now I'm found. God found you. And he found you in fellowship. What, one of the greatest expressions in the Bible, I love this particular passage. And in fact, will you go there with me? Go to Revelations chapter 3. I know, I, I know some of you know a little bit about the book of Revelations. Uh, there, there, chapter 3, uh, Jesus is upbraiding uh, the churches, right? He's going through the churches of Asia. And he's saying, you've done wonderful things, but this one thing I have against you. And he would go through all the churches. At the end of that, uh, of that, of that upbraiding, he gives this benediction. He says this. As many as I love, this is Revelation chapter 3, and let me give you the verse because I would pray today that you would, out of Revelation 3, underline this. I would encourage you to memorize this. This is verse 20, Revelation verse 20. Revelation 3 verse 20. Revelation 3, 20. Some of you know that Jesus says, as, as many as I love, I rebuke, I chasten. He says, be zealous, therefore, watch Jesus, and repent. Then he says this, behold. <laughs> you, 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 you hear Jesus speaking about, about him chastening. You, you, you hear the, the, the tone of the voice of the Lord. Then you hear Jesus say this to you, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And Jesus says, if any man hear my voice, and open that door. He says, I will come into him, watch this, and sup with him and he with me. Amen. Let me say that one more time because you just missed that. That's, that's marvelous news that Jesus says, I'm going to have a meal with you. Isn't that amazing to have a God who in fellowship says, we're just not going to fellowship. We're going to have a meal, you and I, together. You know, I know we live in a, in a culture now where, you know, people don't answer the door anymore. I'm going to just stop right there and just let you think about what I just said. You know, I grew up in a time when people knocked on the door, you opened the door. Irrespective of what they were selling or doing, you just opened the door just to conversate. Uh, now you're looking through the peephole. You're telling everybody, shh, 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 shh. <laughs> 
I don't know who that is. I ain't going to open the door. I grew up in a time when people came to your house, you invited them in. You said, would you like some water, something to eat? How, how many know it's a principle of fellowship to eat? Let me say that one more time. How many know the best fellowship you can have is fellowship over a meal? Let, let me say that one more time because I don't think you, you heard what I just... How many know the best fellowship you're going to have is when somebody makes a meal and you eat over a meal and you talk? How many know that eating a meal will open up your vocabulary? It's fellowship. Your Father in heaven is a God of fellowship. Who says, I want to eat with you. I want to sit down. Let's, let's talk this over, over a meal. Uh, th this is a principle of God throughout all of the Bible. In the kingdom of heaven, this was taught as a principle. In fact, God made it a law in Leviticus 2. It's called a meal offering. That there's always this connection to God through food. Uh, Y'all want to get a little deeper with me? I'm going to take you somewhere. You ready to go? Watch this. Uh, how many know there's a story of a man by the name of Abram in the 12th chapter of the book of Genesis to whom God made a promise? How many know you got a God of promise? How many know God doesn't break his promise? God is true to his promise, right? And so he made a promise to a man by the name of Abram from Chaldea. He was perfect in his generations coming from a man by the name of Noah to whom God made a promise. This man had a particular problem. His problem was he didn't have any prodigy. Something in the womb of Sarah was disturbed in so much that when God called him out, he said, listen, what I'm going to do for you, I'm going to call you out, but I'm going to promise to you, I'm going to give you a son. Nobody got happy. <laughs> the Bible says, check this out, Genesis chapter 18, 25 years later, I got one Jesus 25 years later, God decided to fulfill that promise in his life. The Bible says, Genesis 18, and I want you to hear this because here's the man Abraham. Sees three men walking uh, down the road. He's in his tent. He's in memory. And the Bible says that he saw three men coming his way. And through revelation of God, he revealed, it was revealed to him that those are angels. And the man in the middle of those two angels is the Lord himself. It's a theophany. Jesus is appearing. The, the, the Bible says when he saw him, he ran to them and he gave obeisance. He bowed before him. And you know what he said? Please stay at my house. Let's eat together. Let's have fellowship together. And the Bible says he went back to Sarah. I said, Sarah, dress a calf. And get three measures of meal, unleavened, and let's prepare it unto fellowship with the Lord. I want you to hear that. Somebody say three measures. Three. This principle of three measures of meal became the offering in Leviticus 2 when it comes to fellowshipping with God. Unleavened bread before the Lord in fellowship with God. Became the rule in Leviticus 2. You, you, you might know, you might know of, of a man by the name of Gideon. Ever heard of, ever, ever heard of Gideon? When I went to the nation of Ethiopia, God sent me there and I was traveling and, and there were messages that God had me to share with the nation of Ethiopia. One of them was, was found out of Judges chapter 6. This is the time the Bible records where the Midianites came upon the Israelites like grasshoppers and they were devouring the land and God was looking for somebody to deliver them. And you know who he found? He found a baker. An angel appears to Gideon the baker. And the Bible says that the angel says, God's going to use you, Gideon, to deliver Israel because you are a mighty man of war. You're a warrior. And you know what he did? Wait right here. I want to eat over that. Y'all didn't hear what I just said. 
And Abraham, the promise came. Abraham said, let's have a meal over that. I mean, we might want to talk about that. An angel appears to Gideon and says, you're a mighty warrior. Let's have a meal over that. Let's, let's talk about that. Oh, y'all got to hear that. How, how, many, how many know that there's a woman by the name of Hannah who, who was barren, and, and when she went up to Shiloh, the Bible says that she was weeping to such extent that, that, that the priest in Shiloh, who we know is Eli, confronted her by a, an accusation of her drunkenness. She says, look, I'm not drunk. I just can't bear no child, and I'm weeping before God. And do you know that Eli delivered a word to her so concise and that the next time she came back, she had a child with her by the name of Samuel when God was going to begin to start a new dispensation of his purpose on earth that she brought to him a man by the name of Samuel. And you know what she brought with her for fellowship? Three measures of meal. Y'all got to hear this because I'm teaching you about the leaven, right? So important that you understand that there is fellowship with God in three measures of meal. Anybody want to go a little deeper? Check this story out. Some of you know your Bibles well enough to know that the nation of Israel had been subdued by a superpower called Egypt. For 400 years, these people were slaves unto Pharaoh. Some of you know that by the mighty deliverance of God, the, the last plague, how many of you know the last plague? This is the death angel. The death angel's coming. Y'all better hear this. <laughs> this is getting serious. I'm talking about death. <laughs> the death angel's on its way. You know what God said? Death angel's coming. You're going to need one ephah of meal. One ephah is what? Three measures. Because you're about to have an encounter with me. He says, you go into your houses and you make sure there's no yeast in your homes. Make sure that all the leaven is out of your house because you're about to have an encounter with God. With three measures of meal. The Bible says those Israelites went through the house. Even today, they teach their kids. They'll hide yeast in the house, little grains of yeast, and the kids will go through at Passover, and they'll find that yeast and bring it to the parents. It's all part of a lesson they teach because God said, listen, when, you, when that three measures shows up in your house, I don't want any yeast there. How many know they're about to have an encounter with God such a like that all of the firstborn of all of Egypt would die that night? Three measures for fellowship with God. Your God is a God of fellowship. Three measures. Notice that Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven, watch this, is like unto leaven, which, which a woman hid into three measures of meal. Now, when the disciples heard that, they knew something was amiss, something's wrong, because you don't leaven the bread with God. You, you, you know leaven, the thing that causes things to get puffed up. Let me say that one more time. You know, some, sometimes there's things in you that causes you to get puffed up. <laughs> Touch your neighbor and say, he's talking about you now because you got your head up real high right now. You acting like, who's he talking to? I'm talking to you. You know, God doesn't want you puffed up. And yet the kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven. Well, what's the leaven of the kingdom? The leaven of the kingdom is the Holy Ghost who comes on the inside of a believer and causes that believer from the inside out to begin to reveal the kingdom of God. Because something is happening in you by the Holy Spirit. Something you can't see. Something you can't perceive. But you know that something is alive in you. Jesus says, I'm going to put in you a river of life that's going to flow out of your belly. You're going to know that something is in you. It's going to cause you to swell up into rivers of living water. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody got some rivers of water on the inside? If you don't got water, you don't belong to God. <laughs> Causes you to think, right? Is there a river of water flowing in you? 
that causes you to effervesce when you get around the things of God, to have an energy. Come on, somebody. You know, some of you, I look around and, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe we got a lot of young people. How many, how many remember, how many remember uh, this, this particular place? Plop, plop. There, there they are. There they are. We used to say, when, you got, when your stomach got swole, let me say it one more time for somebody. When I say flop, flop, fizz, fizz, oh, just old people know that. A lot of young people don't know what we're talking about. We're talking about Alka-Seltzer, man. Alka-Seltzer. When you ate too much, you could take Alka-Seltzer and it would effervesce on the inside of your stomach and, and cause those gases that was causing that bloating to be relieved. Raise your hand if you've ever had Alka-Seltzer in here. Let me just kind of see. Look at all the people in here. It's all the old ones. Everybody raise their hand. Everybody's over 50 that put their hand up. That's how it works. But it works. But it works. The Spirit of God is, is, is the supernatural Alka-Seltzer to Christian life. Its purpose is to reduce your swelling and your dependence on God. Jesus, the kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven. There, there is a, 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 another side to this lesson that I believe that Jesus is teaching that we often miss because we don't have the background. You see, when Jesus was saying a woman hit it, you know, this is the first time Jesus parlayed the teaching of the kingdom of heaven to a woman. In every other instance, it's a man, but there's a woman now who's hiding leaven. And that woman, we could, you know, theologians say that could be even the church that leavened the lump. How many know that what's being taught, what we're teaching, what we're talking about, sometimes the church can bring leaven that contaminates the bread itself? Maybe there's some leaven in your life. And like the Israelites who, who, who when, the, when Jesus said, listen, God said, you got to go into your homes and get rid of all that leaven. Because I don't want you to be leavened in you. I want you to be leavened in the spirit. And I want you to see how great this lesson is because this is what we call spring cleaning. That if there's anything in your life that is leavening the purposes of God, we've got to get rid of that leaven because it'll contaminate the whole. You know, some of the thoughts that you have and things that you're perceiving are outside of the mind of God. And so sometimes what we're doing and what we're thinking, what's inside our heart, is leavening our faith and producing in us a faithlessness. So I want to I do some spring cleaning. Anybody want to do some spring cleaning? Because I think it's time. You're you, 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 you kind of a mess. you got to clean up. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you, talking about a mess. That's you, baby. So get over it. I can already say, well, you know what, how can he be saying that about me? See, that's the problem. You're full of arrogance, pride. <laughs> Let me teach you. Jesus, while with the disciples, were, was always causing them to beware of leaven. Beware of leaven. Do, do you know in St. Matthew 16, Jesus told the disciples, beware of the leaven of the Pharisee. Beware of their leaven. Well, what's their leaven? It's hypocrisy. Uh, they've mastered the ability to look right on the outside, but they weren't right on the inside. And how many know that we can all be masters of the outside? It's easy to master the outside. Right? How many know it's easy to master the outside? You know, you just come to church, put on your best clothes. You put on your best makeup. You got your best shoes. You come in, you say, amen, hallelujah, glory to God. And we do all the things that we think on the outside make sense to God and make sense one to another. But on the inside, as Jesus said it, we're full of dead bones. Jesus said the Pharisee would wash the outside of the sepulcher, but on the inside of it, he was full of dead bones. 
You know, the Pharisees liked to pray on the city streets, on the corners, and they liked to pray out loud because what they wanted was a pat on the back. They wanted to look religious. When they would fast, they would go around looking real sad and real somber. So the people say, well, hey, what's wrong? You look like you're a little dejected. You look like you're a little sad. Oh, it's because I'm fasting. And Jesus says, they've received their reward because it's just an outward show. Beware of what you're doing if what you're doing isn't part of the effervescence of the Spirit of God on the inside of you. Do, do you realize that the Spirit of God could change your life in an instant? In any area you let plop, plop, fizz, fizz come in, he's going to change that place. Because he can cause you to rise up in the glory of God, in the purpose of God. I don't care if it's your marriage. I don't care if it's a situation. I don't care if it's financial. I don't care what you're going through. The Spirit of God aids that place. Can, 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 can I tell y'all something there? Any, anybody, can, can I tell you something like, how many know it's nice to have people in your life that tell you the truth? Amen. Spirit's talking to me right now. Can I, can I tell you the truth about something? Can I tell you the truth? You know, it's nice for people to tell you, you're not matching. <laughs> that, that don't look right. Isn't it nice to have people tell you, what, what you're wearing, that don't match. That don't go together. Can I share something with you? Spirit's talking to me, so I have to, I have to kind of move and shuffle as he speaks. Do, do, do you know that Jesus, speaking, I'm, I'm talking about the Spirit of God and what he could do for you. And, and it's amazing when I talk to you about that, and I, and I notice by your countenance that when I tell you that the Spirit of God can change every situation, he can move in every problem, every dilemma, and he can produce the very best of God. And it's amazing when I say that, that you're here and you know you've got a problem, but you're not receiving the word of God as I'm speaking it to you. Because we know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. And you're discounting the thing that I'm saying as though I'm trying to motivate you. Listen, I'm not a motivational coach. I'm a preacher. I come to deliver to you the word of the Lord. Now, let me show you something about Jesus. Jesus had what he called the Last Supper. Anybody heard of the Last Supper? Most every Christian's heard of the, 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 the teaching of the Last Supper. Jesus took that unleavened bread and he took a cup. Somebody said, Jesus took bread and he took the cup. And he what? Broke that bread to show you symbol, symbolically he's going to be broken. Brother Taylor, that bread was broken for you and I. He, he broke that bread. He said, I'm going to break my body. I'm going to break my body, and I'm going to pour out my blood. The problem in the modern church is when we sit down to have communion, fellowship, with meal over with God, all we do is drink. Parents, if you took, you know, we, you know, I'm always real careful when we go out. They're always trying to force feed my grandson. I keep reminding him, his stomach's that big, you can only put so much. So some of the Hispanic moms, y'all know how they do, they just keep putting food in your mouth. I said, baby, that, that's all right. I, I'm already full, just watching him eat, man, look how big my stomach is. <laughs> but we know that if we take our children to some place to eat and all they're doing is drinking, we know they're going to be unhealthy. We know that any child that only drinks is going to be unhealthy. This is the issue in the modern church. All you've done is drink. So all you've done is drink. You say, well, preacher, what are you talking about? You are so sure that, you are, that your sins are forgiven. So, so positive that there's not one stain in your Christian life because you believe in the power of the blood of Jesus, the drink of Jesus. And rightfully so. If you've drank that blood, you know that you are forgiven. How many know that blood cleanses and cleanses perfectly? And that blood was shed for you. Where after shedding blood is no forgiving of sins. It is the, the perfectness of propitiation. It is blood. But how many know Jesus broke that body? You have to learn how to eat the bread and the blood. Jesus says, my, my body my, was given for you. The, 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 the prophet Isaiah said, listen, that body was broken for you. 
And by that body, listen, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Somebody say heal. Listen, if you've drank the blood, why not eat the body too? When I tell you, when God speaks a word to you that he's going to deliver you, he's going to do just that. You say, well, how do you know? Because he broke his body to make sure that that blessing would come upon you. I believe in the body as much as I believe in the blood. Y'all got to get that. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. In fact, get up right now. Go find somebody. Say you got to eat the body. Get up right now from your seats and go find somebody because I can tell you're looking at me like I'm crazy. Get up right now. Go find somebody. Say, baby, you got to eat that body. You got to eat that body. You can't just be drinking all the time. You got to eat that body. Give them a hug. Say, you got to drink. You got to eat that body. You got to drink that blood. I believe I'm forgiven. I believe I'm forgiven, but I also believe I'm healed too. Let me say it again. I believe I'm forgiven, but I also believe I'm healed too. And it's coming out of the same fellowship. You say, well, preacher, how do you know you're going to be healed? Because I just ate a meal with Jesus. We just talked it over. You say, well, how do you know? Because I ate the blood. Pardon me, I ate the body and I drank the blood. We just had a meal together. He said, if any man hear my voice and opens that door, I'll come into him and I'm going to sup with him. I'm going to eat with him. Well, what are we eating? We're eating his body. Well, what are we drinking? We're drinking his blood. I know I'm healed. Not only do I know I'm healed, I know you're healed too. I'm extra dangerous because I'm the brother that'll come tell you in the name of Jesus, be healed because I believe in fellowship. I believe in fellowship. Watch this. I'm, I'm still here because I, I can't even teach you the 11 if I can't teach you this. How many know that if you've ever sent me a text, some of y'all have my phone, almost everybody here has my, my private cell phone, uh, or, or a way to communicate e- e- either through, through uh, the, uh, an email or maybe through Messenger on Facebook. When you send me a prayer request, Pastor, something, something, something's happened. What I always tell you, God is faithful. I always say that. I always say God is faithful. How many, how many have me send you the, the look at the hands go up? I always say God's faithful. So let me tell you why I tell you God is faithful, because that's what the Word says. And in fact, why don't everybody here right now open your Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. I'm just quoting a verse. You know why I quote the verse that God is faithful? Because it's fellowship. It's fellowship. Somebody say fellowship. You are in fellowship with God. It is personal with the Lord. Y'all just ate this meal together. Jesus just served you up victory. Jesus just served you up his very best. The question is, will we eat it? Are you in there in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9? What does it say? God is faithful by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his Son. You were called into fellowship. You say, well, preacher, how was I called into fellowship? By the meal. We're going to eat. How many know that, that, that when we come together with the Lord in the rapture, what are we going to do? We're going to eat. Y'all never heard about the marriage supper of the Lamb? We're going to eat together. Listen, all of this is fellowship. Abraham taught us the principle. When, when, when God comes, we eat together. There's fellowship. Every time there's a divine encounter, there is fellowship with God. How many want a divine encounter? I want divine encounters with God. And you know how I get to the divine encounter? Through fellowship, through a meal. Well, preacher, what do you eat? The body and the blood. Y'all ain't got that? I'm just telling you how to get victory. I'm telling you that if you believe you're forgiven, you ought to believe you're healed too. Then you say, well, how how would I know that I'm healed? Because you have fellowship. He broke that bread for you. He shed that blood for you. Are y'all there, right? Y'all there? Because there's no sense in me talking about leaven if there's nothing to leaven. 
kingdom of heaven is likened unto leaven. God puts his spirit on the inside and causes a rising up. There are other things that rise up that compete with the leaven, that Jesus says, beware of the leaven, of the Pharisee. Because this is the leaven that wants to make the outside right, but not the inside. And brother and sister, listen, I, you know, I, I say this, I'm glad you're here. Will you look at your neighbor and give him a hug? Say, I'm glad you're in church this morning. But not everybody's here because of Jesus. I don't, I don't know what your motive is to be in church this morning. I, I don't know if in your life you've got a spiritual checklist. Well, I went to church on Sunday morning. I said hello to three people. Check. I gave $25 in the offering. So now, God, you better do right by me. I have read my Bible. I've done these things. Therefore, when I tell God to do something, he better do it when I tell him to do it. I've been to church. I serve. I better get respect. I better be one of the servants of the month this this year. (laughs) If they don't give me a servant of the month, I'm leaving that church. God ain't there. I, I, I don't know why you're here. Because if the Spirit of the Lord isn't effervescing on the inside, creating in you an energy to serve the Lord and to give to God and to be a servant of the Lord, I don't know what's empowering you. But listen, I say to you, church family, we have to do some spring cleaning. Beware of the leaven of hypocrisy. Jesus, Jesus said this. St. Matthew 16, in the same notion, he said, also, beware of the leaven of the Sadducees. This is a tricky one. Because Jesus doesn't tell us what their leaven is. Paul does. Paul said, the Sadducees. You see, they're sad, you see. The Sadducees do not believe in the resurrection, neither in angels nor spirit. These are people who deny the supernatural nature of our faith. Do do you know there's a lot of people in here that when we start talking about Christianity, the moment we get into the supernatural agency of our faith, you get weirded out. The moment we start believing for God to do something extraordinary, something outside of the natural, into the supernatural, you start thinking we're weirdos. Man, my pastor's a weirdo. He believed that God did this and couldn't do that, that, that the impossible can be done. What a strange man he is. See, you have been leavened by the Sadducees. Friends, I'm here to tell you. Brothers and sisters, I'm here to tell you. You know what's absent from the church today? You know the church has everything now. I don't know if you know, but you can find churches. They got jungle gyms in the church. I'm not preaching about jungle gyms. If you you want your kids to have a jungle gym, amen, hallelujah. If If I can get a church big enough to have a jungle gym, maybe I'll put a jungle gym up. There are kids that go to their churches and they can repel off the rock wall. They got big amphitheaters and theaters. There are churches that got every single thing, everything that you would want to see in a church, it's there. But you know what's absent? The power of God. The power is missing. Paul said the kingdom of heaven is not a matter of talk but of power. And if you're in a church that doesn't preach the power, get out of it. You don't want to be anywhere where people are talking about faith absent of the power of God. Friend, how many know we need God's power? We need God's power. I don't know what's coming through the doors. I don't know what you're here for. I don't know what the doctor told you last week, but I'm here to tell you, my God can do it. My God will heal you. My God is great. My God is awesome. My God is powerful. You got to beware that your Christianity hasn't been leavened by the Sadducees. Because if you're here believing in God, absent of his supernatural nature, you're going to be sad, you see. How boring is faith absent of power? 
How boring is faith with the absence of power? Jesus says, be careful of the leaven of Herod. Mark chapter 8. And I'm glad I'm talking about this today because, you know, our culture has really shifted. Such, such a strange thing in the church that we have become so politicized here. The church. You, you know, I expect the world to depend on Joe Biden. I got a few laughs. I, I expect the world to say, help me, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, help me, Senator, help me, Congressman. I, I expect the world to reach out for governmental help, make decisions on morality, help us. But I never expected it to come from the church. I never expected church members to be dependent on political figures in their life. I expect the church to have their eyes focused on God. That his law is above every civil law. That what he says is law for us all. I don't need the Supreme Court to tell me what to do. I've got the supreme being in heaven that tells me this is my word for you. Live by it. I don't care what the culture says, what the generation says. Walk by my commands. I don't need the mayor to tell me how to live my life. I've got them scriptures. Beware of the leaven of Herod. Be careful that you're not dependent on Joe Biden to bring the gas prices down. Because how many know he can't bring them down? Because if he could, if he were already done. Oh, God. Oh, God. My faith isn't in government. My faith is in the kingdom of God. Paul teaches there's two other leavens. I got a minute or two. I can teach it. Paul says this. Beware of the leaven of immorality. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, the Bible says that Paul was speaking about a man who had his father's wife. Yes, sir. Well, the expression, and somebody said santo, that means holy, you know. Let me, let me kind of dress that as I should. He's speaking of a man taking his father's, his stepmother. Marrying her, taking, you know, that, how many know that's a little weird? I mean, even Jerry Springer might have you on the show with that. You know, that's, that's kind of weird stuff. That you you got to talk to people who were taking their mother-in-law and taking them as their wives, right? And so, so, so Paul said that, that at that time wasn't even mentioned among the Gentiles. That that sort of sexuality, that level of immorality was not even mentioned among the heathen. But think about the generation that we live in now. Think about all the things that they're trying to tell you are normal. And you know good and well it's not normal. The, the, the Spirit of God, that effervescence inside of you is telling you this isn't good for you. We're living in a culture that's wanting to make you to accept things that are outside of God's will for you. Oh, I'm talking. Touch him. Say he's talking to you this morning. Everybody likes to start, you know. Beware, because culture is going to drift and drift further away. The Bible says in so much that even the church is going to wax cold. Because we just let sensualness come over us. You know, how many know it's easy to be sensual? I just got one person raise a hand. Everybody else is lying. <laughs> let me ask the question again. How many know, raise your hand if you know it's easy to be sensual, right? It's easy just to operate by what we see, what, how we feel. How, how many did they know that if you're not careful, we can eat to feel good? 
Anybody ever had a problem and somebody told you something and you just heard some bad news? And man, you, you almost, almost felt like just falling and just fainting. And then all of a sudden a thought came on your mind. Go to Brahms. <laughs> Raise your hand if you ever got that Brahms spirit in your life. You heard some bad news and, 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 and somewhere down deep you heard a voice. Go to Brahms. Go to Brahms. All of a sudden, you said, man, if I can get that double scoop of pistachio almond, I'm gonna, I'll feel better at least for a little while. Just put, oh, yeah, 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 I guess I'll work through it. You know, ah, you're licking out and you're feeling good. You know, how many know it's easy to be sensual? How many know it's easy to put your hands on things and people? It's easy to be sensual. Paul says, be careful of immorality, the leaven of immorality, of our sensualness. And it's all around us, everywhere. Then Paul says this. this is, that, was, that was 1 Corinthians 5. Beware of the sensual nature, immorality. Then he says, be leery of the leaven of legalism. Yes, sir. This is Galatians 5. Do, do, do you know that in, that in the days of Jesus that they began to kind of creep in teachings that they were trying to Judaize the Christian? Uh, trying to tell the Christian you have to observe all of the commandments God gave Israel if you want to be saved. And even Peter, who, who is the, you know, I say Peter is the head apostle, began to teach that you have to be circumcised physically in order to gain entrance into the kingdom of God called legalism. You know what the Spirit of God sent me to tell you? That Jesus saves completely. Jesus saves. Well, you say to yourself, Jesus saves. Jesus saves if you don't have a King James Version of your Bible. Jesus saves if you don't give an offering. Jesus saves if you don't come to church. Am I telling you not to come to church? You better come to church. And I say, don't give an offering. You better give an offering. These are all principles in the Bible. Do you know that giving is a principle? Do you know that coming to church is a principle? It's what we call fellowship. These are all principles, but I want you to know that Jesus saves you. He's already saved you. That in Jesus, if you have him, that's all you need. You need Jesus. You need Jesus. Absent of him, no such thing as being saved. Jesus saves completely. Jesus saves. Think of all the things I just said, all the leaven that's in the world. Have you been leavened? I bet if you ask the Holy Spirit, help me see where that leaven is. Because you know, leaven works kind of in, in an invisible way. You need supernatural vision to see the leaven in your life. Is there hypocrisy in your faith? Get the leaven out. Is there hypocrisy in your faith? Get it out. God wants you to be real in your heart. Yes, sir. Think about it. We're spring cleaning. Come on, oh my. Come on, some of you ladies, y'all like using Fabulosa, right? Raise your hand if you use Fabulosa, right? My wife said, I stopped using it. I said, why, baby? You've been using it for 25 years. She's on to something new, some kind of eco spray she's using. I don't know what all that is. We got to take some spiritual Fabulosa to our spiritual lives. We got to do some spring cleaning. Listen, are you living a hypocrite? Is, your, is, is there hypocrisy in your life? Are you one way here and then you're some way outside of this house? Listen, the same guy you meet here on the pulpit, I pray that when you see me Tuesday, I'm the same guy. And if you don't think I'm the same guy, ask the first lady. She'll tell you, is he the same guy here as he is there? As some of my family members that see me all the time, I don't want to live a life of hypocrisy. I want my Christian faith to be genuine. 
I want it to be real. I want it to impact me not only here, but on Saturday night and on Friday morning, on Tuesday and Wednesday. I want to walk out my faith. I want to be real. Do you want to be real? I want to be real. Touch your name and say, I want to be real. And you should too. I don't know what's going on back there. George and Yesenia were kissing. I don't know what happened with that. We're just going to let that go. That's how real they are. <laughs> Baby, I'm real. I'm realer than a $2 bill. That's old player talk. We leave that alone. Are you here? Is there 11 in your life where you don't believe that God can do it? Have you stripped God of his own nature? He is supernatural. He's a spirit. Your father in heaven to whom you claim sonship or daughtership, can I remind you, your father is a spirit. And those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Your God is supernatural. Have you removed from God his very nature, the power of the kingdom? Or you, you just come to church, you wanted to be pretty and all subdued? Or would you rather be involved in the power of God? I want the power. I not only want it for myself, but I want it for you. Do you have the leaven of Herod? Has he infected you? Has he leavened you? That all your life, oh, it's so terrible because somebody's in office. I don't know if I can live my life. When, when, when is this going to come to an end? When you're walking with the Holy Ghost. I see the effects on society just as you do. I'm not, I'm not downplaying the effect of, of decisions that people make, leaders make. But listen, I'm here to tell you that whatever the enemy mends for bad, God going to turn it for good for me. <laughs> Who's ever in office, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be at the top because God's going to always take me to the top. Because how many know the cream always rises to the top, right? I've got the Holy Spirit on the inside. He's going to rise me up. Have you let sensuality rule your life? You know, it's easy.